My name is Kelly Kazire. I'm a recent graduate of UCS's uh, kinesiology program in the sport athletic coaching track. And uh, I'm coaching football and basketball, and that's what I want to do. This, 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 this is Diversified Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I haven't brought you one like this. I have Coach Kelly. That's what I'm going to call him. The coach is in the building, and this guy, yes, he does have a baby face. I, I know how that is. I used to have one. It's getting, it's getting, you know, more grown every day. But he's going to give us the game on what it is to be a coach, to be a young coach. Hopefully, inspire some of you who say, you know what, I might not be able to go to the league, but I can, you know, stay in sports and something that I love. So, welcome to the show, bro. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good, doing good. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. It's just uh, hopefully I can inspire some other young coaches out there and whoever wants to stay involved with whatever sport they're passionate about as long as they can. Tell us, what is it like to be, you know, um, you're fresh out of school, maybe, you know, you, you'll go back, but to want to be a coach, I mean, as a young coach and they look at you, do you have to like really fight for your respect or do people like understand nowadays that you might be like some young prodigy genius that can take them to the next level? Um. Well, it's interesting. When I first started coaching, I was still in, um, I was still in high school myself. I was still, I was coaching my brothers, my younger brothers' basketball teams. And I was, you know, when I was still in high school, I definitely, you know, had to, um, show that I knew what I was talking about. And I don't think, I think no matter who you are, it's earned, you know, you have to, you have to show what you're talking about, especially being younger coaches. Funny this. So this past, uh, season I was coaching high school football at my former high school and, uh, almost every other day some some players someone would be like come up to me like how old are you again and you know so, you know because i i'm aware you know sometimes i look like i'm still in high school but once they get to know me they realize like i know what i'm talking about and they can trust me um but at the same time being younger is uh is an advantage too when because we have we had some more experience than older an older coaching staff but a lot of times i was a lot more relatable to the kids so i was able to communicate with them and that was a I think a plus for to have me on that staff is because while I was learning from the older staff, um, I was able to communicate with the kids in a different way. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that I met you. And I just want to let people know how I met you, because I think um, networking is not taught in most schools. And, and even till you get to college, you know, they'll tell you, hey, go meet these people. But um, we were at the sports business club here in West Palm Beach. And we were at, you know, the they were talking about golf. And here comes, yeah. you know, um, my golf game is non-existent. Um, I might do putt putt, but I don't like to embarrass myself. But you know, your your, your mother came to the table and said, "Hey, anyone sitting here? No, I love company, and I like to show myself friendly." So that's how we met you guys. Just you know, from a an event that I think every chance I get to, I'm gonna go to. And so thank you, Pat Sullivan and the PB uh, Kennel for putting that together. Um, any questions on that, you guys send me a message, but they they were you know putting something together. Me as a sports agent, I'm just trying to learn and look for the right opportunities for you know our future clients. Now for you, 
you coach multiple sports. What made you say, hey, I'm going to come to the golf event? <laughs> because are you, do you also t- do golf as well? Uh, I'm not, not in the golf at all, but I interest about networking. I actually got to know the, the co-founder of that event, Rick Harrow, um, through my mom's. So my mom does property management, real estate, and she got to know Rick through that. And, uh, she let me know. She's like, this, there's this guy who's big in the sports business world. And, um, you know, you should probably meet him sometime. So I eventually met him and I've become pretty good friends with him and I'm learning a lot from him. Uh, he's pretty much becoming a mentor of mine. And, uh, he invited me to the event, even though it had nothing to do with football or basketball. It was just like, seems like definitely an event I had to be at. And, um, yeah, I'm glad to meet you there for sure. And then, and I'm playing it. And the next one, I, I'm supposedly about football. So I'm really looking forward to, towards, to that one. Yeah, I, I want to uh, send Pat a message because he did email me before I even came and answered my question real quick. But I mean, to have these things, you know, recorded because I really, it was on my yeah. calendar. And then uh, Tallahassee uh, called and it's kind of a thing that, have to be at i can't send somebody to um and i know now that i know you and i can say hey what happened at the meeting because sure. pat's, pat's history i'm just assuming with you know are you familiar with what mr sullivan does with with pat rooney yeah you're i believe yeah um, yeah well, yeah, with uh, his family has a piece of the uh, Steelers. Yeah, from my I understanding. was aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows who comes down for this one? True. Yeah. Especially with the football one. Um, and it's what, two weeks before the Super Bowl. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you as a coach, how do you go, you know, whatever that next level is? Because people, you know, and you and I talked about it briefly, you know, okay, I want to go to teach college. I want to teach, you know, professional possibly. Is it all just networking or is it that you have to go to, you know, some training and then, you know, you have to pass this training. It's like to become a CPA, it's not just getting a bachelor's or a master's. You got to do all this other stuff. Um, What does it take? Um, Well, it starts with networking for sure. Um, and experience. Um, you know, every time I see a co- a younger coach on tel- TV or whatever, I always, always look them up and see what their history is and how they got to where they are. It seems like everyone has a pretty unique story. Um, when it comes to getting certifications and stuff at the high school level, there is, um, there's an athletic coaching, t- uh, endorsement you can get through Florida. Um, and there is also several different certifications through, uh, NSHS for like concussion certifications. And then all that is going to help you get hired. Um, yeah, I also am like CPR certified. All that will help you get hired. But, um, but knowing the right people, I mean, get volunteering. I would say the biggest thing is volunteering for sure. You got to start volunteering and that's how you get to know people and, and get to show, um, other coaches what you're capable of. And then, you know, they can present you with the right opportunities in the future, which is what, um, I'm trying to do now. So I coached at, I coached back at my old high school this past fall. Now I'm looking at grad school um, in sports management or possibly a master's in kinesiology and uh, hoping to make connections at the college level doing that. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Hopefully, I mean, ideally try to get a teaching assistant or GA position, but um, one step at a time, for sure. Now, how much, you know, personality, like, 
can one do now that you know TikTok, Instagram? If you're out there, you know, being extra and like I'm a coach, but I'm a personality that can you know maybe bring some extra attention to a school that may need it. Is, do you see anybody you know getting that? Because I'm being biased right now. I'm I'm picking out I'm picking out somebody who I tried to be on the field prime time. You know what he's yeah, doing yeah. at Jackson State. Him being yeah, prime time. Yeah, it's it's working for sure. Yeah, I mean, in today's in in today's era, with social media, and everything. I mean, having a personality can help. I mean, at the end of the day, sports is a business. I mean, um, even now, even at the high school level, with NIL deals and stuff. So, anytime you have a personality that can positively impact the community, you know, you know, go for it and be yourself. I'd say no matter you know, don't be a character you're not. Just be yourself, and and people who people you want to be around will be attracted to who you are. People you want around you um, will be affected by that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think having a, having a personality and being yourself is really important. Okay. Cause coaches, you know, traditionally it's like, you know, stern lip, you're just yeah. kind of there. You, you're not really showing that personality, but now we're in a time where everybody wants to, hear you see you no matter if you're the plumber or if you're a coach so i just want to know like especially being a young coach if you say too much do you see people kind of like hey shut up kid we don't <laughs> we yeah. don't talk yeah I, I there's definitely i there could definitely still be some of that stigma but i think it's changing every day i mean i think a lot of the old um you know the old head coaches per se you know they're on their way out and you know we can learn a lot from them but it's a new generation and that's a really interesting thing too about today's players versus back then and how how they respond to coaches is very different um see like back back then day you know when when a coach told you anyone of authority told you something it was yes sir no sir no matter you know who they were if they had authority but nowadays you know kids are they're not going to automatically you know, say they want to know why they want to know. They don't just because the coach is going to tell them something, they're not going to do it just right away. Just because you're the coach, they want to know why they're doing it. Something. So, um, you know, it's evolving. I think the kids are evolving and it's not, and some people look at it as negative as a negative thing, but it's not, it's just, it's just different. It's a whole different era, but um, I definitely think you can be yourself and be successful coach for sure. Um, yeah, you don't have to be that old head coach who's screaming and yelling at everybody all game. <laughs> now, talking about how things have changed, because, you know, I, I know some coaches that were jerks, but they taught us life lessons. Yeah, for but sure. That, nowadays, though, they might be getting canceled for the things coming out of their mouth. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because I, I don't I, I don't know how I, I'd be canceled. I'd just say, y'all got to cancel me. I had to, you know, break this guy down to build him up. How do you deal with that in the climate that we're in? Uh, well, yeah, the people around you, the people who pretty much are higher, you have to understand what your what the ultimate goal is with the kids. And the kids have to, you know, if the kids are not having a good time, they're going to They'll find a way to cancel you, but if they realize, if you make it from day one, let them know that, like, that you want to be coached hard, and if I'm coaching you hard, that means I care about you, and they understand. If you have a mutual understanding with the with your players that that uh, you want to be coached hard, um, and it's a good thing, then it'll work out. But um, if they don't know why they're getting yelled at, or they don't know why, you know, why you're getting after them, then they might, you know, be disappointed, and things might go wrong. But uh, it's really about that 
it's really, I mean, they got to understand um, about uh, how how coaching hard can affect them in the long run positively. Okay, and coaching hard in such a sensitive time, how do you even gauge, like, if, you know, somebody can handle something? Because I knew some guys who, I mean, they came from even some rough areas, and coach yell at them, and they just break down emotionally. And then you got some guys who, you know, came from some great areas, and they needed that kick because they never got it in their life. Everything might have been given to them. So how, yeah. how do you gauge that? Um, well, you can't treat every kid the same. You can't, you're not going to coach every player the same way. You got to understand from day one, you got to understand the personalities of your players and learn and learn from them and pick up on, on their personality types. And every player is going to be coached a little bit differently and you got to figure out what gets them going. Um, you know, and some players, they, they play well when they're playing very in their emotions. Some players play better when they're, you know, calm state of mind. Um, so it's really, you got to have an effort as a coach to really understand your players and get to know them. Um, you can't just treat everyone as just, uh, you know, player one, two, and three. You have to know their, you know, know their names, know their, who they are, know their background, and everything, understand and become, you know, become a friend of theirs. Now with the laws, you mentioned the NIL laws and, and how that's changed and reason why, you know, we got our license to be a licensed sports agent here in the great state of Florida how is that going to change, do you think, kids' egos towards the coach? Because a kid yeah. might be making more money than the coach and, you know, respect what? Respect his paycheck that I just got. Yeah, that it's right now it's the, it's the wild west right now, the NIL, especially at the college level. Um, there's not too many rules with it either right now. So, you know, college players are going everywhere. Um, but at the high school level, that is interesting. We haven't seen two. I mean, there's there's been some instances already of high school players getting NIL deals, which is pretty wild. But um, yeah, that's a that's a good um. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next couple of years because it's so new that um, we'll see. But especially with we'll, we're definitely seeing inflated egos uh, with social media just in general. Um, but I mean, at a day, it's going to help if the player understands that the coach has the same goal as them, and it's you know it's is to win and have a positive impact. And as long as they have the same, as long as the coach and this said player have the same goal, hopefully they can work it out. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's interesting. Cause you know, for me, I say, you know, being new, what we can offer is honesty, integrity, and to say, Hey, if you don't go to the pro, you don't have any hopes or any, any way of going professional, let's turn you into an influencer and use that audience, use this spotlight. So for me, I'm yeah. like, Hey, everybody, you know, seems to want to be some type of influencer so they don't have to go clock in and punch in. Um, the, the influence and the laws are forever changing Florida being one of the best places to do this at in California. It's, yeah. it's a whole different, it's a whole different beast. You and I are both from California, but it's like too many rules, too many things you have yeah. to do. There's a lot can of things a, going on there. Yeah. Can a coach also be an agent? Have you seen anything that stops you from also being an agent or helping agents recruit players? Um, well, I, I knew of a, someone near nearby here who is, the head basketball coach of a local private school. He was also the sports agent for a very big athlete in the NFL right now. So I, I know that, I know that was a thing. Um, 
So I'm from what I know, but then again, there's different rules for public schools and private schools, but as long as it doesn't directly affect, um, doesn't directly affect what you're doing, I'm sure that you sure it's fine. But I mean, nowadays you might have high school athletes with agents soon here. So like, yeah, that, that is a good point that it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, cause I mean, right now there's not too many rules with NIL because it's so new. Um, but there could, probably will be soon here. Yeah, I hope they don't make so many rules where because it's not like the average coach is making even, you know, $70,000, right? Yeah, well, let everybody uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um yeah, in Florida in Florida especially high school coaches are extremely underpaid. At the end of the day they're doing it because they love doing it. Um so typically they get stipend on top of their teaching salary and uh when a when a, a head coach of a big football program with that stipend, if you, you do the math and how many hours they're literally doing it for like a dollar an hour or less, because, you know, Hey, football coach is a year round job, which a lot of people don't realize because soon as season end, you're going to off season, um, weight training, you got seven on seven, you got stuff going on year round pretty much. And, uh, you just get a small stipend on top of it. Um, that's not the case in every state, you know, in Texas, Texas, Georgia, um, some, even California, there's, uh, there's some coaches making making serious money just coaching football. They're not even teaching. So I think that is an issue that definitely needs to be addressed in Florida, especially since Florida has the most, you know, there's one of the most talented areas in the country when it comes to football, um, especially South Florida. Um, we see, I think, I believe there's the most players in the NFL are from uh, South Florida, or from South Florida, like Broward, um, Miami-Dade, and Palmish County. Um you know, every every you go to any Friday night game there, you're you're what you're probably the least one you know Division one player out there, especially in South Florida, which is um so when you have that kind of talent um and you have coaches coaching them year round, the um how much they're getting paid it doesn't doesn't add up. And what is an issue we see too, and uh, people don't realize is that coaching is so much more than just the sport they're coaching. Now, someone asked, why should a football coach get get paid a lot of money when they're just coaching football, like they're not teaching English or something like that, you know, something, but, uh, I mean, they're coaching, they're teaching life lessons and coaching coaches are mentors for those kids. And you don't know where their backgrounds are from. And, and, um, you know, those coaches could be, could change people's coaches do change people's lives every single day. Um, so that has to be taken into account. It's not just about the sport they're coaching. It's about how they're leaders of, of, uh, young individuals. Definitely. And uh, Governor DeSantis and every other governor, mayor, everyone listening, we all know teachers should be getting paid a lot yeah. more. I mean, I know if you're coaching yeah. or not, I've done the job short term, the stuff you got to put up with emotionally. If you want to have good education and good people, if not, soon we're just going to have robots teaching kids because yeah. people are going to be burned out, you know, Um it, it, it's it's crazy the stuff that you have to you have to deal with and, and and not to get paid a proper salary um to be able to live off especially if you might have you know financial aid or just other bills any solution of you know where you can see some of the maybe there's some booster money that should be coming to the the coaches any solution of how we pay teachers or and coaches more because it, it's ridiculous um, yeah, it is an interesting, uh, topic when it comes to coaches. Um, yeah, I mean, I think support from the community, it starts with support from the community. 
Um, I think if you can get a whole community around a football team, that'll help. That's going to help get more boosters and more, and, and hopefully funnel that money, hopefully get more to the coaches. Um, I do think it's definitely big is community support, which I've noticed, uh, one thing that's from growing up in California and then coming here, even though there's great talent here and there are some schools that are like this. Um, but, uh, a lot of schools I think lack a, a really community feel where they have the whole, you know, the whole town's coming to those Friday night games. Um, and I think, you know, that can, and being in football, football usually is a, is a, is a sport that, um, brings in the most money for the, for the athletic programs. So, um, if you can get a whole community around that and have, you know, pack out every stadium, it's going to affect not just the athletic program, but it's going to affect the rest of the school too. If you have a successful uh, football for an athletic program in general, um, I think, I mean, looking back, so I grew up in San Clemente, California and, uh, San Clemente high school, it's a little surf town in Orange County. And, um, you wouldn't think they would have, you know, great football talent. It's mostly great surfers and skateboarders and stuff, but, um, but they've really established a great community where growing up, I was going to every Friday night game as a kid and wanted to be in the field, that field one day. And, um, you know, they have tailgates for the game and everything. It was really cool. And they have similar atmosphere. I mean, Texas where it's really where it gets crazy. Um, when I came here, I was really surprised by seeing empty bleachers on Friday, on Friday night games for, for really good football teams. I was just like, that was really surprising to me. So really, I think it starts with the community and getting the community bought into a football program and supporting them. Wow. Okay. I haven't been able to make it to a game yet. Um, just because COVID I'm, I've been dodging, been juking yeah. and, and I just, you know, I said, if it's too many people, I'm going to be uncertain and I don't want to come and get the family sick, but, um, now vaccinated, boosted and all that stuff. I, I definitely want to see, see more, especially going down to Bell Glade where they have so many professional uh, yeah. athletes, you know, come out of there. Yeah, that's, that's an area that definitely has a, has a good community. The Bell Glade versus Pahokee or Glade Central versus Pahokee game every year. That's a game that gets packed out. Um, yeah. Muck City. They always have, they have some great, some great talents came out of there for sure. Yeah, so you guys, you know, Muck City, you guys got a shout out. I was told if I go to the game um, by somebody from there, they said, you going to bring your security? <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> I, I said, I go through that city. I'm like, hey, whatever it is, it's California has it. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it's America. You know, it, it's craziness everywhere. Now, the best is yet to come. You're just starting out with your, you know, full career and you even may go back to school down the line what's a community give back you would like to do um you know as a coach um even as a person to to give back to the community you know once you get that whatever success is you hit that pinnacle um well in general i want to inspire new um more coach more young coaches to get out there and and overall i want to inspire kids to do what they're passionate about and not just chase what they think is what they think makes a lot of money i mean fine i think you can make anything you can you can make money on anything that you have a passion about but it's not really about the, you know it's not, not about the money it's about doing something you love every day and not feeling like you you're working you know? you know when i'm coaching i don't feel like i'm working i love doing it so hopefully you know when i get to the point where i'm able to i can uh you know set something up you know really i biggest goal i want to i want to um inspire kids to be uh 
you know, do what they're passionate about and don't be afraid to be obsessed with it. Like, you know, sometimes there's a negative con- connotation of, of, of the word obsessed, but I don't, I think that's not a bad thing at all. Being, being focused, being completely locked in what you're doing and uh, just being obsessed with it. And, um, and I think, you know, that can help in the long run. And I want to inspire kids to be able to do that themselves. Well, I think, you know, in, in the short conversation time we had um, together and your mother was there and I and I would talk about yeah. how, you know, I, I would be I'd write out plays on the yeah. computer even. And you say and she's like, he did, too. Um, where you looked at, you know, when you were doing that as you're wasting your time, what are you doing? It was kind of like maybe like. Um, you know, there are certain kids that played card games like magic, right? And yeah. people are like, what are you doing? Wasting your time, magic. What are you going to do until, you know, magic card becomes an NFT and that guy's, you know, a multimillionaire. How yeah. did they, how did they look at you, you know, your friends um, coming up and you're writing these plays? Do they just think you were kind of crazy? Um, some of them, yeah. I was fortunate to have a couple other friends who were really in the football themselves and, you know, having going out there and, playing playing pickup football and trying those plays against them. Um, but um, in general, I don't think anyone's really been uh, super negative about it. It's just, um, you know, I always just, uh, just, just loved it. And um, it's funny as I've, yeah, when it comes to just drawing plays, I remember when I was playing, when I was a little kid playing flag football, I was fortunate to where, um, you know, my, you know, my dad coached some of my teams and then some, then we had another coach who, uh, who let me make some of the plays of the playbook. And, um, I remember making a PowerPoint of the whole playbook and I sent myself and I was a little kid. And I was sending all the kids on the team. And, uh, so I think I was fortunate to have people around me who, who supported it essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty blessed about that. And I think, and from, from very early, I feel like very early on, like just, my life has gravitated me towards coaching. Now, I'm a, I'm a kind of a purist. I'm a whole bunch of words that can get you canceled. So I'm going to be careful with this because you're, you're just starting in your career. I don't want to catch you up. But what do you think about, you know, football, basketball commentators, especially football, and you have people, you know, commentating who have never even thrown a football, don't know the game inside or out, but, you know, they, they got a big job on Fox. Uh-oh, maybe I'm, I'm telling on myself who I'm talking about. But, you know, what do you think about people like that? Do you think that you needed to, ha- like, play the game to actually, you know, uh, you know, commentate and get paid millions of dollars? Um. I would, I mean, the football part of me says, yes, like you should have experience doing it. But then there's another side, you know, the business side of me says, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. I mean, when it, especially at the professional level, it's entertainment. And, you know, if, if someone's good at entertaining whoever's the spectators, then, you know, they, then they may uh, be qualified as a job. But I mean, yeah, the football side of me feels like, how do you, how can you actually know really what's going on out there if you haven't been out there? Um, but you have to you have to view it as it's 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 a it's a you know it's a business and if you're and if someone's very good at communicating um, and communicating the product and uh, um, and being entertaining then they can make it work. Um, it's funny as I have a friend who is a uh, Arizona State and he is part of the recruiting department for the football team and he didn't play high school football at all and. Um, he was fortunate though. He's learning from the people. He learned a lot from around him and now he helps recruit um, for Arizona state, but he, um, 
but he's doing a great job there and he's learned he's learning a lot from the people around him who have played football and um at first when I, he got that i was like he didn't play football at all i wonder how what can he see in film that you know i feel like he might be missing a lot but he um is learning as long as you learn from the people around you and are open to every, and being a being a sponge of information i think you can make you can make it work for sure and and what do you think about i was accused of this as a kid but i played all the way i mean i went to college to to sit to sit down because i said hey these grades can't officially play but you know and it was a small school but i had be accused of those plays only work in the video game only thurman thomas so i'm dating myself or barry sanders (laughs) yeah great names retro yeah, that could run the, you know, only they could do that on the game because they're such high level. But in real life, you can't do that. Are you able to tell, you know, in a playbook, like that's a playbook or a PlayStation coach play. It's not like a real play because I've heard that amongst coaches. Like yeah. This guy must just only play on PlayStation because that ain't going to work. What is your thought on, you know, how real is you creating a play in a video game now yeah. versus doing it on the field? Well, I feel like, I mean, just if you watched just last night, the Chiefs-Bills game, you know, Eric Bieniemy, the office group for the Chiefs, Andy Reid, they're the most creative minds in the league. And some of the stuff the Chiefs do every weekend are something you think you're only aware to work in a video game. And they and they they come up with new stuff every week and, you know, look at the car. You know, there's quite a few teams who are very creative. And um, I think that's the, just to look at a play and be like, oh, that would only work in a video game. I think that's a very limited mindset. I think you always have to think outside the box. Um you know, a lot of the concepts in football will always be used and, re- and recycled. And, you know, at the end of the day, every concept in football is used over and over. They're just presented in a different way. And when it comes to um, the X's and O's, but I think you definitely have to think outside the box when it comes to that kind of stuff. And you can never think, oh, that, that wouldn't work. That only work in video game. Because the thing is that, you know, stuff like that does work. And if you think like that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be coming up with the plays, you know, the Chiefs do, where they, you know, the red zone plays every every weekend, just 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 um, you know, surprise everybody. But uh, I feel like a lot of those plays, you know, people would think wouldn't work, but they make it work. Do you have the a crazy play that you know maybe that you've created that you've actually been able to do on the field? You know, we used to think the flea flicker or the double flea flicker reverse was something, but have you ever had like a play that you're like, oh, I actually get to do this and it worked on the field? If it is, describe it, you know, if you can. Well, yeah, I'm always drawing up plays that, you know, some of them just look so ridiculous, but just trying to think of outside the box. I remember being a little kid in flag football, I think we actually took a play straight from that. It was like a trick play. It was a, it was, um, Kyle Orton was a Bronco, the quarterback of the Broncos. And, uh, they, they ran a, they ran like a sweep, right. And then they passed it back to Kyle Orton. And then Eddie Royal was crossing across the field. It was a double pass thing. And, uh, we made it work in our, we did, we pretty much essentially used that in our flag football game and it worked for a touchdown. Um, but, um, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's funny how, like, my idea of what a good offense looks like is constantly evolving um, as, I, as I age. And um, when I was super young, you know, being a football nerd, I was just like, oh, why didn't they just pass it every single play and spread it out and everything? And now I'm starting to – this is where we can learn from, you know, look back at the history of football. We learned that some of the basic concepts are just some of the most uh, – most, um, essential like you know just sometimes you just gotta run power sometimes you just gotta run trap just some of the simple stuff and be able to 
end of the day, it's the football is a game of blocking and tackling. So as long as if you can, uh, you know, execute the simple stuff and then you can start once you execute the, the simple stuff, then you can move on to the more creative things. But, um, you always got to think outside of the box and I'm always thinking outside of the box too. Um, there's always new stuff you could do out there. And, and, and give your thoughts. I mean, long hair in football has always been before you and I were alive. I, you know, years ago, it was like these guys have like, especially the guys with the locks in their hair, yeah. you know, pl- plenty of guys have had their hair pulled, which I remember that could be a legal move if your hair was long enough. No one had yeah. locks when I was coming up, you know, but if you had long enough hair, what's your thought? Because now, you know, oh, this needs to be a penalty. And if you do this, this is a penalty. Do you think that there's too many penalties in football? Is the game getting so kind of, you know, I don't want to say sissified, but yeah. sensitive? Um. Yeah, it is. I mean, from a spectator standpoint, for sure, like it's not, it's hard to watch a football game, then see a big hit and then see the penalty and not be frustrated because you, as a spectator, you, you know, it's fun to watch, but at the same time, you got to think of the player and player safety. There's definitely a middle ground uh, you got to find when it comes to um, player safety. But at the same time, remember, I mean, no matter how much rules you put in, you know, football is a violent sport in the, the day. So, you have to find a middle. I think, right, yeah, you know, it seems like the last year or two, it seems it's really going to the, to the really trying to overplay on some of the rules. Um, I think they got to bring it back a little bit and try to find a, try to find a middle ground. And it also starts with, um, with safe tackling techniques too. You guys, it's not just about calling the penalties, but you guys about teaching kids early on how to tackle without your head in the, while, um, while leading in your head and, uh, tackling correctly. Um, which, how we teach tackling has evolved a lot since back in the day, tremendously. I mean, it used to be, we used to be leading with your head essentially and just, and, uh, and pretty dangerous. And now recently we're teaching rugby style tackling, how they, how they tackle in rugby, um, which, uh, the Seattle Seahawks have become quite known for. And they're, you know, usually one of the tackling teams in the league. And so it's become pretty effective, but it's very different. It starts with coaching essentially and coach and learning how to play safe first and then uh we can move on from there yeah because i mean you know i i just think if your hair is out your body i remember you know uh my mom or my dad uh making my jersey real tight so you couldn't be pulled and then you got your hair out like my hair if it's out the helmet it's it's fair game and anything else and and to you know, like you guys gonna make this flag football in, in a second. <laughs> yeah, Which, yeah, it's getting there. Which yeah. hey, flag football is a fun game in itself, but let's make that a different sport. You know, um, let's make that a whole nother thing going because we can have both. I think flag football is also great. I think any way you can get more people involved in football is good, and uh, even if it means getting people involved in flag football, that's great too. Yeah, but let's leave the flag football for like the Ocho Cinco's and Trail Owens when they lose yeah. all their money, right? And yeah. give them something to re- retire in. Um, one thing I haven't seen that I would, I mean, I would love to see, I would go do a whole year of travel to find a woman who could be like a punter 
or be the field goal kicker who just had excellent soccer talent. Why do you think we haven't seen that, even if it's just for, like, the PR of it? I'm a PR guy, too, you guys. So yeah. have you seen a woman that you're like, you know what, if they really wanted to, she can kick a 52-yard field goal or make a punt? Have you, have you seen it yet? Um, well, I believe about, I think it was last season or season before at Vanderbilt, they had a, uh, a girl from the soccer team team was their kicker for one game. Um, I don't know if you heard about that at Vanderbilt, um, they're all their kickers. I think they got COVID their whole kicking room got COVID. So then they just like, they found a girl soccer player who went to Vanderbilt and like, Hey, do you want to be a kicker for a game? And she went out there and, um, you know, she got the job done. She wasn't out there booming 50 yard, two yard field goals, but I believe she, you know, made an extra point. She did the kickoff and stuff. So I think it's only a matter of time for sure. Um, you know, we're all, we're seeing, we're seeing, we're all, we have a couple of um, female refs in the NFL. There's several coaches, female coaches in the NFL now. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time, I believe, until we see something like that. Okay. I mean, we had a female on our college uh, team and I mean, she weighed uh, twice what I weighed, whatnot, and she took her bumps and bruises. So I know it's, you know, it's, it's possible, even if, um, somebody isn't necessarily the best just again for the, the the cloud of it all because there are some women who can really kick and um if colleges can't find them again send me around the world i know where, where yeah. what i'm looking for i'll go to africa and go find a, a woman's soccer team that you know has dominated in the olympics like Cameroon yeah, or Nigeria or whatnot. <laughs> Man, I appreciate this game. I know you're on Instagram. I will have links uh, um, in the description. Also, he's on LinkedIn for those who are real professionals. But, you know, let the people know where they can connect you with and how they can help you out. Maybe there's an opportunity out there and you say, look, I'm looking for, you know, this, this and this. Um, and it may not just be in coaching. It may be in something in the admin as well, where you're up in the booth, right? Six-figure yeah. paycheck and more. Um, but, yeah, give the game and, you know, let people know. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, which is would be the best way to reach me professional-wise. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. But um, I would say, yeah, on um, – Right now, yeah, I recently graduated bachelor's in kinesiology and exercise science. So right now I'm looking and I'm looking into sports management, the business side um, in grad school. Um, so right now I'm looking, I'm looking for coaching jobs. Um, hopefully I, I, I want to get a connection in the college level for sure. I have connections in the high school level. And I'd love to hopefully, I mean, if in, uh, when I do grad school, I'll be open to coaching at the high school level near at a nearby school or, um, or hopefully get involved with the college team, even if it's just volunteering. Um, but also when it comes to the business side of things, I'm also interested in sports business, which is where um, getting to know Rick Haro has been great because he's one of the pioneers of sports business. Um, so yeah, anything, I mean, I just want to be in the world of sports for sure. So I, I would like to get involved anywhere I can and I'm open to pretty much anything right now in that, in that realm. Awesome. Well, you guys have got the game. So whether it's here in America, I know Europe, you guys are pushing for, you know, hey, American football is going to be big here. And even Africa has told me, um, you know, there's uh, going to be a game, God willing, in Ghana in 2023, a friend of mine is working on. So you guys, you got to have the young people to take it to the next level. 
This guy is making his own plays. He's doing it in a new way. The beauty of a young coach is he can connect with the players. And if they all want to make an NFT, it might benefit everybody, right? They might retire off of one idea. So I I appreciate everybody listening, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, our our new partners over at AYV Radio in Freetown, Sierra Leone. We are so happy to be here every Sunday at 5 p.m. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure if you do nothing else, you share the game. It will change somebody's life. You guys be blessed. Are you tired of the violence, tired of the injustice, police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? Or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. DiversifiedGame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, a.k.a. the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind, and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifygame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.